Welcome to Beside the Burn for Wednesday the 5th of January 2022. In this first week of the new year, we're looking back over last year and we're picking out some of the themes that we looked at. And if you remember back to the beginning of last year, our churches were closed, the buildings were closed. We weren't allowed to meet together week by week for the first part of the year. And we were only able to open again at Easter. Uh, Easter Sunday was the big day whenever we were allowed back again. After Easter then, we began a series in the book of James. And we were asking, how do you cope with James? And James is a very practical book. It offers all sorts of advice for living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And there were many lessons to learn. So today, I just want to remind you of a few of the verses that we found challenging at the time. Just dipping into the book, lifting a couple of verses out of each chapter and reminding us of some of the lessons that we were thinking about at that time, asking ourselves, how do you cope with James? So I've got quite a few verses picked out. Might not get time to look at them all today, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll fly through them and hopefully God will speak to you from these verses. So let's begin in chapter 1. And James, after his immediate introduction where he introduces himself and says who he's writing to, he then jumps straight in with this huge uh, statement about suffering and our approach to suffering as disciples of Jesus Christ. And it's quite remarkable that this is how he begins, just straight in. He doesn't build up to this point. He doesn't try uh, and soften the way to get to this point. He just dives straight in and he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now we all at times in our lives have problems with suffering and problems with trials in life. We all will face them at one stage or another. If we're happy at the moment and things are going well, we can probably look back to a time where there have been trials that we've gone through and we can certainly know that there will be trials in the future as well. But James here makes this bold statement, consider it pure joy, my brothers. He doesn't just say, look, cope with it or get on with it or try to find a way through. He says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. And the reason that he gives for that is because the testing of our faith produces perseverance. Whenever we are tested, whenever we face trials, whenever we go through a time of suffering, God uses that time to build us up in our faith, to produce perseverance, as James says here, to draw us closer to God, to help us to rely upon God more. And therefore, whenever we're in the midst of those trials, it can be difficult to, to look to Jesus and to consider it joy. But if we've made that decision beforehand that whatever we're going to face is going to be a time of joy, then whenever we're in the midst of it, we can truly make that decision and we can trust in God and follow him. So it's all very practical, but it's built very much on a spiritual foundation. 
later on in chapter 1, again, James gives us great advice. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This quick, slow, slow approach to life, for the way that we deal with others, the way that we deal with problems, the way that we make sure that we don't fly off the handle and say things that we later regret. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. You see, God has a desire that our lives would be righteous, that our lives would be used to build others up and lead others to him. And if we are quick to become angry, if we are quick to speak, and if we don't listen at all to others, then people are not going to see our righteousness. Instead, they are going to be turned away from God. Do not merely listen to the word, James says, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Remember he gave us that wonderful picture of looking in a mirror and if you just look in the mirror and go away having changed nothing, that's what it's like just to read God's word and do nothing about it. But whenever we look intently into the mirror, we change our appearance, we look at how we look and we decide what needs to be changed And James is saying, do the same with God's word. Read it carefully. See yourself in it and then make the changes that God wants you to make. Then into chapter 2, James has this advice in verse 5. Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? This is a warning to every single one of us, that those who are poor in the eyes of the world are the very ones who have been chosen by Jesus Christ. And it's very easy to fall into the trap of the world and overlook those who are poor and disregard those who are poor and think that they're unimportant. But Jesus actually goes actively to choose these people and to use them. And that's why it is vital that we do that. Our churches can be places which are almost have barriers up to those who are poor in the world. Because we're very middle class and we like our middle classness and we like those around us. And whenever those who are poor and troubled come in, they upset the balance. They cause difficulties for us. But they're the very people that Jesus chooses. And therefore, if we don't go out and actively seek those who are poor, then we're disregarding the very people that Jesus came to save. And we need to also evaluate what is truly rich and what is truly poor. Because we may be earthly rich. We may have plenty of possessions and enough money to go round. But spiritually we could be very poor if we're not trusting in Jesus the way that we should. Then later on in chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? And this whole area of deeds and faith is something that James talks about time and time again. He's telling us very clearly that it's no good just saying we've got faith. We actually have to show it in the way that we live and the things that we do. And the two have to go together. 
We need to have the faith underpinning our actions. And again, he's saying it's not enough just to have actions and be doing the right thing. We need to have the right motivation behind it, our faith in God. And those two things together will make an impact in this world. Because so often we see those two things being separated in the world. Where people don't have convictions and don't act upon them. And yet James is saying, do the two things together. Then in chapter 3, he said, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? In these verses, James is talking about our tongues and what we say. And he is very damning about the tongue. He's he's saying it's a restless evil. It's full of deadly poison. But what he is calling for here more than anything is consistency. If we say that we follow Jesus, then the things that we say should show clearly that we follow Jesus. We shouldn't say on a Sunday, yes, I am following Jesus. And then whenever we go to work on a Monday, talk and act in a way that doesn't carry on from what we've been doing on Sunday. As James says here, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Of course not. We can't praise God one moment and then curse others the next. There has to be consistency. And again, James is calling here for the practical way that we live our lives, that we have this faith in Jesus, but then we live it out in a practical way. There's lots more verses that we could mention in uh, the book of James, but just that's our a lot of time today taken up. You might want to go back and have a little read through the, the book again. It's very, very short and yet it has so much to teach us about practical living. So let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you that it is a mirror that we can look into. And whenever we look intently into it, Lord, we see you And then we also see ourselves. We see the flaws and the sin and the things that need to be changed. And Lord, we come to you asking you to change us. Lord, we come asking that you wouldn't just make us better, but we come praying that you would make us new, that you would take away our sinfulness, that you would forgive us, Lord, And that you would give us a new start to follow you and obey you. Lord, help us to live as your disciples day by day and follow you in all that we do. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.